Across the years, I have often heard the descriptive expression, it was of biblical proportions. Usually that means the event is big, large, huge, impressive, widespread, life-changing for many folks, altering the landscape of the earth around us, altering the landscapes of our hearts. But does our God always act in such magnanimous ways? I'm imagining some of the conversations that might have taken place so long ago among the angels in the courts of heaven. Rumors were being mongered that the ruler of all had decided to launch an invasion on earth, an all-out assault against the forces of evil. If this were true, where were the battle plans being drawn up? Why were there no sights or sounds of preparation for war? Where were the soldiers? Where were the weapons? These were among the questions that the angels were discussing in their holy huddles. And as they gathered around the water cooler at the office and in their coffee clutches, wondering if the ruler had misunderestimated the enemy. Haven't seen a thing, one of them said. Me either, said another. And the only sound I've heard around here is that crying baby. Biblical proportions, not an expression normally used to describe a baby. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger.
Can we really know much about people by the condition of their hands? Are we able to tell if they work in an office environment or a retail establishment by looking at those hands? Are those hands any different than the hands that work in masonry or carpentry or construction? When worshipers hold out their hands to receive the sacrament of Holy Communion, what are those hands saying about who these folks are? Soft or calloused, smooth or scarred, what's the story? From the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 49, verse 16, these words of the Lord God. See, I have inscribed you on the palm of my hands. The hands that hold the world, he's got the whole wide world in his hands. The hands that hold the world have written on them your names and my name. And I'm trying to imagine the dimensions of those hands Biblical proportions, and then there are their hands of Joseph, rough and rugged, a clue to his vocation. Would you trust your newborn to those hands? And the tiny hands of the newborn babe, how long before those tiny fingers could wrap around one of Joseph's fingers? I was listening to a new grandfather about a week or so ago talk about his little one, his new grandbaby, wrapping its fingers around one of his. And what a smile that brought to his face, to his grandfatherly face. Baby Jesus, tiny hands, hands that would one day be torn and scarred for you and for me. If you look at those scars in the right light, they look like names, your names and mine.
One of my very favorite Christmas stories is titled, Why the Chimes Rang by Raymond MacDonald Alden. I'm sure that many of you have heard this story or read this story. I know I've told it a few times here. It begins with a once upon a time introductory paragraph about a wonderful church building, high on a hill in a faraway country. And on Sundays and other holy days like Christmas Eve, thousands of people came to worship. A majestic stone building. It held an organ that could be heard for miles around. And on one corner of the building was a great gray tower. And there were chimes at the top of this tower. The chimes had not been heard for years. Some of the old, old timers had said when they were heard, they were faint like angels singing, like strange wings, winds blowing. Offerings to the Christ child, that's what supposedly set these chimes to ringing. Well, there was not far from that church a little village, and in that village, a little guy named Pedro and his younger brother. They had been wanting for years now to come to this church on Christmas Eve, and they finally had arranged to be there. They were going to finish their chores early and walk to the church, and so about noon, they began that long walk, and they were on their way to the church, and they noticed over in the snow a mound that looked unusual. And they stopped to look and there was a woman who had fallen who had passed out in the snow. And she was so cold and Pedro bent over and rubbed her head and tried to care for her and awaken her. And he said to little brother, you go ahead, little brother. You go to the church, you go to the service. I must stay here with this woman. If I leave her alone, she'll surely die. And little brother pushed back and said, no, we were going together. We've worked on this and planned for it for so long. And Pedro said, I've got to stay here. Take this coin. I've saved this small coin for so long. And at the proper time in the service, take it down front and lay it on the altar. And so little brother went to the church that night. And it was glorious, the lights and the music and the people everywhere. And it came time in the service to bring gifts to the altar, knowing that the perfect gift, just the right gift, would set those chimes to ringing once more. And several folks came. And they brought wonderful gifts. And the king of the country himself came and took off his crown, his royal crown, full of diamonds and jewels and laid it on the altar. And everyone was just so sure that the chimes would begin to ring. But there was only silence. Only silence. And so they started to sing the closing hymn. People were getting ready to leave, disappointed. And just as they started to sing, the old pastor held up his hands for silence. And there was silence in the church building. And up in the far distance, up on the top of the gray tower, you could hear gently coming the faint music, the sound of the bells, the sound of the chimes. And people were wondering what gift caused the chimes to ring. And when they looked down at the altar in the front of the church building, all they saw was the childish figure of little brother who had just laid that coin on the altar. Music sweeter than anything they had heard before. Faint music in the air from 1 Kings chapter 19. There was a great wind, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. 
a still small voice, faint music, biblical proportions.
one of Harry Chapin's best-known songs is Cats in the Cradle. And it begins with the line, a child was born the other day. He came to the world in the usual way. We all have birth stories to tell, don't we? Our own birth story that we've been told or the birth story of a child or a grandchild or a special niece or a special nephew. Birth stories are significant, even if we came to the world in the usual way. In a sense, Jesus came to the world in the usual way. But in another sense, no, not at all. Born of the Virgin Mary, in a stable, surrounded by gentle, if also smelly creatures, visited by poor shepherds, serenaded by a heavenly choir, and later worshipped by wise ones from a distant land. Yet there was a certain humility that surrounded him from day one. A birth story of biblical proportions. A story that I hope and pray will never grow old for any of us. Oh. 
biblical proportions, great and small, God acting in so many ways to come among us, all of us. O come, all ye faithful, seeing all ye citizens of heaven, glory to God, all glory in the highest, to thee be all glory given. All is a church word, a word to be embraced, a concept to be lived, always in all ways. Allow me to close my remarks with the words from a remarkable poet, Anne Weems. Some of you may know her. What do I want for Christmas? What do I want for Christmas? I want to kneel in Bethlehem, the air thick with alleluias, the angels singing that God is born among us in the light of the star. I want to see them come bearing whatever they treasure to lay at his feet the one who gives his life. What do I want for Christmas? To see in that stable the whole world kneeling in thanks for a promise kept, new life, for in his nativity we find ours. My words of invitation now. So come to the stable all, all of y'all, and me too. Amen.